to The Get Down with Herbie Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Herbie Brown. Whoa, we are back. Same Get Down time, same Get Down channel. Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm coming to you live from Merritt Island, Florida. I told you last week I had something special for you, didn't I? I told you I was going to bring somebody on here that we all know and love. So my guest for today is my main man. Hey, he's a fellow Miami Hurricane. He played on one of arguably one of the best football teams ever assembled in college football history. The 1986 team, yeah, I know y'all say we lost to Penn State, all that don't matter, okay? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it was still the best team ever assembled in college football history. Went on to play in the National Football League, played for a few years in the league, and then you played for the Canadian League, you played for the American Football League, and then you went on to wrestle. But family, please that's, welcome that's and, and give him a get-down welcome. He's, Radio talk show host, the 1090, all right, Dan Cilio, my main man. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thank you so much, brother, for having me. Uh, Let me just say this, man. I mean, you go down in my book as one of our great hurricanes of all time. I mean, you know, you and me have the same blood, and it's truly, I love any time that we can get together. You know, it's, it, it, it's always just one family. And I love the fact that we get an opportunity to always try to tell people that, you know what, you wouldn't really understand it unless you were part of it. And when you're a hurricane, it's this, man. It's the years past and the years removed from our playing days that our kinship and our, our friendships remain because when you go through a journey and you wear those colors, that's, it goes beyond football, man. It goes into your heart and it stays in your soul. No doubt, Dan. And I tell you what, man, and, and dude, I got stories for days, and I know you got a whole bunch of them because you, you tell them to us sometimes. But, baby, man, we can go on and on and on about the love that we have for each other. And once you put on that orange and green, it's over. It's a wrap. You're part of the family, it and is, that man. goes forever. It is, man. And, you know, one of the greatest things that I got a chance to do early was you know, I got a I got a chance to play next to Jerome Brown, and you know I'm playing on the same line with Stubbs Brown and Bill Hawkins, our backups are Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland, and I mean I just it was just a dynamic time for our football team, and you know the '86 team will always be remembered, and just like Sports Illustrated said to me, I call a merit badge when they call us the most hated team and professional in college sports history because it's the most memorable. It's the most remembered team. That's where the U was really formulated when, you know, the 85 team, we end up, you know, beating Notre Dame the way we did, 58-7. to And then the next year with the camouflage and all that. And then the following year, the 87 team was our backups that ended up going on and win the national that, that championship. Won, that so actually I mean, won the national championship. Won. That's right. Yeah. And here's the deal. This is what we talk about, and we're going to get on with the show. But since you brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and elaborate on it a little bit. Dan, that 1986 team, let, let's just talk about some of the names you, you just talked about. Jerome Brown. Oh. P- perennial Hall of Famer. I, oh. oh, my God. He would. I'll tell you this, Early. 
you know, the two guys that from UM, you know, Sean Taylor and Jerome Brown, if they would have finished their careers, you're talking about two guys that have gold jackets and are in Canton, Ohio. No question no about it. No I mean, doubt. Jerome no is truly one of the great. Michael Irvin was on the team. The entire wide receiving core went to the Pro Bowl. Benny Blades, Brian Blades played on the defensive backfield. He went to the Pro Bowl. Uh, Michael Irvin, of course, is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Brett Perriman was Perriman. a Pro Bowler. You know, the whole crew, the whole crew was great. Yeah, but 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 that, but my point is this. This is what I want to what I want to. This is the point I want to make. Dan, in 1986, those names that you just mentioned, those young men at that time, and I, I got a video somewhere of Michael Irvin doing an interview. Man, it is hilarious. You got to see it right after the national, the national championship game in 1986. I got to go back in my archives and find it. But when you see this, it is hilarious. But those guys, Dan, y'all were men. You, Jerome Brown, Winston Moss, Melvin Bratton, Lonzo Highsmith, um, Benny Blaze, Brian Plays, Michael Irvin. Y'all were men. And, and I'll never forget when my first year coaching at the University of Miami, we were very fortunate to have Michael Irvin come back and speak to the football team when we played up at Lockhart, when we do the little scrimmage up at Lockhart. And his speech was this. He, he said he had won championships on every level, high school, college, and then the pros. And he said, you know what it takes? It takes men. And Dan, y'all were grown men back then. <laughs> and we were different. It was a different yes. breed. And, you know, Hurley, one of, the, one of the truly great things that separated those teams to maybe even some of the teams later on is that, we, you know, most of them were all inner city kids from Overtown, Liberty City, you know, from Bell Glades, Florida. Hell, man, I remember Eddie Brown going down to his house and I'll never forget, man, I'm walking down there. This guy's got, he's got dirt on the floor, grass on the roof. And I looked at this man and I said, he goes, no back door, Sills. No back doors, dude. It's one way. It's no way or you've got to get and you've got to find your dream to make it to the NFL. He says, as soon as I make it to the NFL, I'm buying my mama a house. Sure enough, ends up buying her with a sign-up bonus of $600,000 house. Many of those guys, man, Michael Irvin, like you mentioned, 17 kids in the home. There was a different type of kid back in the day, man. I mean, it was, it, that's what really started that program. And I tell kids to this day, do you believe in religion? Do you believe in God? And most people like I do believe in God. Well, you've got to have blind faith when you go to Miami because you know at the end of the rainbow that you know this. That blind faith is something that's tangible that you believe in because it's a process that we all believed in. Me and Jerome Brown used to look at one another and say, there is nobody ever going to run the ball on us or ever push us around. And when we stepped on a football field, you were in fear of us. You were scared of what we were about to do to you. It wasn't about winning games. It was by how much we were going to win football games. And not only that, we kicked you when you were down because we wanted you to remember on how we did it to you. It was exactly. just a different type of kid back in them days, Early. T- totally different. And the thing was, Celio, when, when I got to the University of Miami in 1987, and uh, again, Michael Irvin was, 
all of those guys were seniors now getting ready to go off to the National Football League. But what you guys taught them, they instilled that same thing in us. Sure. And we were able to teach the Warren Saps, the Ray Lewis's, the hurricane way of doing things. I was talking with Randy Bethel yesterday, a per, you know, a real good friend of mine, one of my teammates. And we were talking about the ACC championship game. I'm, I'm going to hit on it just a little bit. Then we, we're going to take a break in a few minutes and come back. And then we're going to finish that, the part of that conversation. But, and what I told Randy was this game was going to define whether or not we have men but we have a bunch, of just a, young, a bunch of young guys that are playing college football. Because the process Absolutely. that you guys taught us, it took men to do what we did. We wanted 1987. That's exactly, that's exactly right. That's exactly right, Hurley. And, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to Manny Diaz about this the other day. Hey, man, look, the pit loss, there's no doubt. We end up skipping up and we end up. But I said this, man, next, we're going to use a Belichick line for you. Hey, man, on to Clemson. You're going to find out right now if you allow one loss to affect you in two losses or whether or not you understand where you are in the room because you have an opportunity with the ACC championship game and everything's still played out in front of you this weekend. Go take care of business, and you'll find yourself in the Final Four. You don't take care of business, there's work to do. Then you've got to go back, and you've got to go back to the laboratory, and you've got to figure it out. Right. So what I left Randy Belton with was this. I said, Randy, at the end of the game, win, lose, or draw. If Dabble Sweeney comes to the podium in his post-game speech, if he says anything other than Miami's back, we have not done our job. If he says anything other than, if he's, he gets up there and he says, hey, I got a lot of respect for that team, you know, they played a great game, then we haven't done our job. But our job started Sunday morning. You lose right. a pit Saturday night, you lick your wounds, you wake up Sunday morning, it's time to go back to work. And that is the process that you all taught us. Remember the Florida State week? Ain't no class this week. So guess what, University of Miami? Ain't no class this week. This is the first time you've had an opportunity to play for the ACC championship. And your professors, every, everybody in the city of Miami knows and understands what's at stake right now. Absolutely. And, and, and Hurley, you know this as well as anybody, man. You know, the question I get asked this all the time, nationally, locally, hey, hey, Dan, Los Angeles. What. Hold that thought, Dan. We got to take a break. I don't, want to, I don't want to give it to him just yet. We're going to make him come back. And, we're going to make him come back and listen to Dan Cilio. So we're going to take a break. But when we get back, Dan Cilio, he's going to tell you, he's going to give you his prediction of this ACC championship game this weekend. We'll take a break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking Western Ambush this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, taking a closer look at all the amazing big game hunting opportunities found in the Western states. Joining us is Jason Matzinger, host of Into High Country, Jill Gector from Cinch Jeans, Dean Capuano of Sawarski Optic Quest, and Freddie Hartice of Hollywood Hunter. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we are back with my main man, Dan Cilio. And joining us again is my, my co-host, my room dog, Kelvin, the Snasty Man Harris. Now, Cilio, before we left, we were talking about the ACC championship game, University of Miami, and Clemson. Talk to me, Cilio. Hey, man, I get asked this question all the time as you went back. You know, I say this, you're undefeated, and are you playing for national championships? And then people start adding into it. Well, they, I go, no, 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 no. Hey, man, I don't play for Peach Bowls. I don't play for Cheerios.com Bowls. I play on New Year's Day or a special day for the national championship. I don't go to those blue carpet games. And, hell, man, if my football team was in line for one of them games, I'd put my hand up. I ain't going to them things. I play for national championships when I was at that place. And I walked in the rooms with my boy Jerome Brown and Stubbs, and we walked in there, and we knew it was our room. That's what this front seven has to do against Clemson. That's the best front seven I've seen UM have since probably the 2001-2 team where they could get after people, set the edge, and rush the passer. They've got to show up, though, man. They're young, and I saw young for three quarters versus Virginia, and I clearly saw it for four quarters against Pitt. Now, I, I feel good about this game this weekend. I do. I saw, I saw Syracuse. Push that Clemson team around. You got the quarterback on the ground. You knocked him around a bit. That means that defense that we have has got to set the tone. It has all year. That's going to be the key essential thing, setting the edges and setting the tone. And we got this versus Clemson. They walk in there with that stupid attitude that they had against Pitt. They get blown off the field. But I don't believe that coaching staff, which I think has done a great job this year, it's going to remind those guys, look, guys, you come to Miami for this game. You come to Miami to play for national championships and for championship opportunities. It's in front of you. Don't let that opportunity get by. Hurley, I got two tattoos on me. One of them is the 86 Fiesta Bowl for a reason because I got an 87 national championship ring. The 86 tattoo reminds me to finish the job. We, right. had, mm. we held... That team at Penn State team 
to six first downs, and we had seven turnovers in the game. And yeah, lost We're never going to do that again. Oh, yeah. And, and Alonzo yeah. Hosmith had probably arguably one of the best games of his career. Yeah. Alonzo was a grown man in that game. Yeah. But, but, but here's the deal, though, because you said a couple things that, you know, that struck a nerve with me, all right? Now, first of all, and, and you're absolutely right. Coach Rick and his guys, Manny Diaz with the turnover chain, those guys have done a great job. All right? Th- those are majority of our players, okay? And I'm gonna, we're going to take credit. I didn't want to take credit for it at first, Silio, because I'm a humble well, type of guy. You recruited him. Yeah, but exactly, Kelvin. So when Luke, when Luke, Uncle Luke came on and he said it, you know, it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, ah, man, I don't, I don't want to rain on nobody's parade, but I'm raining today because I'm proud of my kids. I recruited a lot of those kids. They are golden staff. We recruited a lot recruited of those kids. We recruited all the linebackers. We recruited all of them. Defensive line, Jethro Franklin, he, he, he put together, he built that defensive line. Kendrick Norton, R.J. McIntosh, Chad Thomas, the whole nine yards. But here's the deal, Celia. You guys, what you guys handed us in 1987, that's what I'm talking to Randy Bethel about yesterday. 1987, watching you guys operate, watching you guys attack the process day in and day out. Jimmy didn't have to tell y'all what was at stake. You knew what was at stake. That's why you got the tattoo. So what I'm sitting here saying right now, those are the kids that I recruited. They know what's at stake. And I'm so disappointed in that pit game. I don't know what to say about it. But well, if you go in there with that attitude like you did against Pitt, Pitt was a four and seven football team, and you overlooked having to adhere and attack the process. A lot of the timing was off. A lot of stuff went wrong in that game. If you do that this week, if Coach Rick and Coach Diaz, if those guys have to remind you what's at stake, I got a problem with that. Really, I'll say this. I'll admit that the defense didn't play all the way up to the standard. But if you break it down, Pitt scored 24 points. 17 of those points I'll give, I'll give, I'll put on the defense because that last touchdown, I don't think happens if our quarterback doesn't have the game that he had. Um, you know, uh, me and Ryan McNeil, we take the podcast today, and I'm, I'm honest about this. The game that he played Friday ranks as the third worst quarterback performance I could remember in the history of the school, right behind the one four eleven performance that Kirby Freeman put up, which I think is arguably the worst quarterback and performance in the history of NCAA. And Brock Berlin's performance against Tennessee, where and, and, and that's where it kind of reminds me, because Brock Berlin didn't hit anybody. He missed everybody that game, and we lost like 13-9. If he would just hit somebody on a crossing route, we win that game going, going away. Now, defensively, I think they were a little down, but, you know, Pitt, to their credit, they switched up their offense. They came with a new quarterback, and they played with a lot of fire. But our receivers were open the entire game. And, and Silly, I'm going to open up an old wound for you. His performance, actually, I got to throw this one in there, Benny's yeah. performance. It, 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 it reminded me of Benny's performance because, realistically, if Benny only throws three interceptions, you guys win the national title. I mean, if this kid would have just hit two 
of the open uh, receivers uh, during that game, we win that game. Because I'm on Richard's Absolutely. beat. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put this at you here, though. Everything you guys are saying is dead on. But here was my problem. And here's something that I know you guys understand as well as anybody. Man, when you start taking a guy out that got you all the way to 10 wins, and all of a sudden you take the dude out of the game, I don't know, man. I'm going down and I'm going to war with my guy. And as much as Vinny sucked in that game, I agree. We should have just handed the ball off to, to Alonzo Highsmith in that title game. He had 125 yards on 14 carries in that game. All we have to do is just hand it off, and we win that game comfortably. I get it. However, yeah, but there's one guys, man, there's I'll one. tell you, I don't want to, I don't, you can't be yanking the leader of your offense out. He's got one 10 ball games. And all of a sudden, the side of panic. I thought right. he panicked a little bit by yanking his ass out and putting that nobody kid in. No, yeah, no, but, but I'm, I'm going to say this, though, Kelvin. And again, yeah. he, he may have had, one statistically, arguably one of the worst performances. But here's the deal, though, Celio, and you and know it did. yourself. Okay? The, the game that I saw, man, sometimes. Sometimes wide receivers have to make the quarterback look good. They couldn't. Sometimes the wide receivers have to go make plays, even when the ball, there was a ball that was thrown slightly behind Braxton Berrios, and it hit him in the shoulder pad, and he looked at, he jumped up and, and looked at Malik like there was a problem. Hey, man, well, look, the quarterback is not always going to be perfect. And the one thing, and I'll never forget, we used to talk about with James Coley all the time. James Coley is a wide receivers coach right now at the University of Georgia. He's the offensive coordinator when we were down there at the University of Miami. But what James used to tell his receivers all the time, the ball ain't always be perfect. We need playmakers. But see, that's the difference in Michael Irvin, Andre Johnson, Santana Moss, Brett Perriman, Brian Blake. Well, well, the incomparable Eddie Brown. So even if your quarterback is off, somebody's got to step up and make those plays. You got to. Hey, Ahmad Richards could have dove for a couple of those balls and caught a few of those balls. Hurley, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say this because we meet me being the only offensive guy on here. Listen, Ahmad Richards was going up against a five-eight corner who had a shoulder problem. He had one hand, didn't get a jam on him the whole game. Three of those throws were he guys wouldn't have helped. And the one bad pass you're talking about with Braxton Barrios, the reason why he was looking at him is because, yeah, it was on his back shoulder, but the way he threw it, like, hey, Braxton Barrios has had a great year. That was almost tough. I'm going to put it this way. If Malik Rozier had played as bad as he did uh, Friday when our senior year, when we had Lamar, K-Dub, and Horace in the huddle, K-Dub would have punched him in the mouth. Oh, I mean, man. it wasn't just it wasn't just about the throws. The, the part that I think uh, you know the job may not understand is he missed the reads, okay? Because in the defense that they came out with, and Mark Mark talked about this on uh, Joe Rose's show, um, they basically came up in an eight man front and said, "You're not going to run the ball up the middle, and we're, we're we're hanging out on the edges, so ain't going to be no outside runs. They're going to be the inside runs. Beat us with your quarterback." And to be honest with you. I'm surprised nobody else has tried to do this. Uh, either do what they did or drop eight back and make him make throws in the tight windows. And they did a combination of both. And if he just hits Armand Richards twice, two more times, the game is over. 
at halftime. Okay. I mean, all right. Well, Kelvin, you you had your you you had your say, and I appreciate your thoughts. And I'm glad you brought it up that you are the only offensive player on this radio show right now. And since you are the only offensive player on this radio show right now, I think me and Celio, we got dibs on you. And I'm gonna say it again. Players make plays. But how players do you make a play make when the ball is five yards? Anyway, again, <laughs> players make plays. Now, so before we go to break, we gotta take a break here in just a second. And we're going to switch gears a little bit because there's a whole lot going on. And we ain't got the 30 minutes left to go to, in this show to try and cover all of, the, all of the things that I want to cover. Cilio, did you see, and Kelvin, I know you saw it. Did you see the debacle that happened with one of ours, one of our own, Greg Schiano in the University of Tennessee? Now, oh, it gets better. It gets oh, better. man. Hey, but listen, we got to take a break. But Cilio, did you see it? Did you see what happened? Let me just say this to you. I ca- I talked to Greg yesterday, awesome. and um, I you know what? For whatever people want to think about that, ten- I first want to know this early: who's Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Tennessee makes it sound like that football team has been relevant the last decade. When's the last time that team even had like a decent bowl game? Those Tennessee Volunteer fans, I mean, they're worse than Gator fans. Can <laughs> I say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, you definitely say that. I mean, we got to get on those days, too. Stupid. They're stupider. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, but we're going to take a break, and we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to talk about Greg Schiano, University of Tennessee, and this coaching carousel. It is absolutely ridiculous right now. But anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is 
The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we're back. You're back with the Get Down with Hurley Brown. My main man, Dan Silio, my co-host, Kelvin Harris. Now, when we left, we talked about this coaching carousel. All this, I mean, there's a whole lot going on. And what, what I'm really disappointed in is how the University of Tennessee backed away from Greg Schiano. Now, Dan, you said you talked to him yesterday. Now, how, how is Greg? Went up to Cleveland and all that. And the program that he built at Rutgers, I'll tell you guys, I'm from the New England area, and I didn't even know Rutgers had a football team when I was younger. And that dude built that football team where pros were coming out. You see Sanu came out of there. Uh, Rice came out of there. There's been so many good football players come out of Rutgers. And that's kind of what Tennessee needs. They need to rebuild that program back up because ever since they've fired Phil Fulmer, Again, this kind of reminds me a lot of what LSU did when they fired Les Miles. Les Miles won 80% of his football games, but because he couldn't beat Nick Saban, they blow him out of there. Well, Tennessee's going through that same carousel of coaches right now, and they're trying to find the right guy, David Cutcliffe, who I thought should have got that job after Phil Fulmer. He turned it down. And that guy's that Duke. He has want nothing to do with it. Um, you're talking Lane Kiffin's name being brought back up. They have walked backwards so far now. Who takes that job? And what they did to Shiano, listen, when Bill Belichick and you get coaches like Urban Meyer throwing their reputations out saying he's a quality man, he's a great family man, and you see those rednecks in Knoxville doing that crap, putting that stuff there from that stuff from the Jerry Sandusky, if you put even the years together, he was not even involved in it. I mean, Rocky Top, seriously, man, those guys been nipping on the cider a little bit too long up there because they make it sound like they've been winning SEC championships. They haven't been relevant since 98. I mean, they need to get a clue in a reality. And that stupid John Gruden conversation, here, here's something for all. John Gruden is never leaving the booth. He makes seven million bucks. Why would he take a job to make less money and have more aggravation to deal with those rednecks in Knoxville? Makes well, no sense whatsoever. If he ever leaves, he'll leave for the NFL. And again, I don't, I don't see John Gruden leaving for the NFL unless he just gets that book. Right. Why would he? Yeah, exactly. Why would you? Why would you walk away from $7 million a year to sit and talk about everybody? And you never know. Why, why would you, to recruit? I mean, to sit exactly. in some kids. To sit, to there. sit in some kids. Um, and, and you know what? Here's the tie-in with Tennessee that no one put together. John Gruden's wife went to Tennessee. John yeah, Gruden has a house in Tennessee. He's got family in Tennessee because of his wife's side of the family. The only reason you see him in Knoxville is because John Gruden's wife it's from Knoxville. That's the only correlation that he has to why they see him around in those neck of the woods. That's it. Tell you what, if that's the case, or go to the University of South Florida because he's got a house over there too. He's probably got a house in the Bahamas. <laughs> but when you're making $7 million a year, and you know, Celio, you got it. You can you get a, you buy a house for what you want. No, 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 no. I had it when I was at UM and all. Oh wait, I leave that alone. I won't. I won't. I won't go anywhere with that. I don't know. How, I used to tell people this all the time. Uncle Luke, 
How did those plane tickets get in my mailbox? I'll leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man, he left man. it all in Montezinos in uh, Tampa. Yeah, I tell you what. Hey, you're no. telling too many stories now, dude. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, we hey, that, that's stuff we get, we talk about that type of well, stuff John, over there. We don't want to talk you about. Guys it, right you, about you guys are right about the seven million with John Groom, but I think the point is. That, 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 that I think even y'all are not even bringing up is the fact that not only does he make seven million in salary, but he's got several endorsements, and some of those endorsements are tied into ESPN. And ESPN is not going to let him walk away because they have used him as a as a as a as a as a, he's state a flag for, So he'd be stupid to walk away. He works. Oh no, he's we, man, John Gruden ain't going away. We ain't got to worry about that. You know, and then he's got the quarterback, yeah, the um, quarterback, um, what is the quarterback school? Away, man. Guys, he ain't no. walking away no. from that. And that other story that's out there in Tallahassee, now look, we all know this. One of the things that the Tallahassee fans have always resented about Jimbo Fisher is how he kicked Bowden out of the room. And there will always be those angsts with that on how that whole thing worked out with Mickey Andrews, the D coordinator there. There was a divide on the football team, and it was truly an ugly divorce. What covered it was was the winning. Now, right. I'm not going to start any rumors on here, but supposedly there's been a lot of issues about their divorce, him and his wife, Jimbo Fisher. Oh. He wants out of that area and stuff. I find it hard to believe, though, that you're going to go to A&M so like, you could be like the fifth or sixth team in the Southeastern Conference. Um, well, well, I, I, well, I still know, man. I'm going to add to that. Okay, um, Hurley, yep. uh, we know... Uh, Harrison, our man Harrison, coaches Jimbo's son in 707. So the son is like 15, 16, the youngest one. The oldest one has the blood disorder. But the thing about it is they did have a divorce. And the reason why a lot of people say he wants to leave is, ironically, his wife left him for Taylor Jacobs, the former wide receiver at Florida who played briefly with the Redskins. He was her personal trainer. And, you know, you know how this goes. But I heard work that out. That's the story I heard, too. I mean, I heard the same thing that he – that's exactly right. I heard they have a lot of issues with their with their marriage, and it played a factor. And, I, I, you know what, I heard the same thing, man. It, you know, kind of the same stuff that went on. And I don't give a crap what anybody says about Urban Meyer and that whole thing in Gainesville. Yeah, he ends up taking a year off and going back and coaching Ohio State. Yeah, he really needed a break. There was a lot of rumors going around there with their relationship with him and his wife, and they needed to tie it up and patch it together, which they did, and that's one of the reasons why. So, hey, man, family issues can cause you all kinds of stress, and clearly that Florida State. I mean, guys, you you played a national championship game a couple of years ago, and you're fighting, and you got to go beat, like, Helen Keller University this weekend to go 6-6 six and six on the year, and you're Florida State. That's funny yeah, that, this that's, year. That's, that's the most ridiculous. disappointing yeah. team hey, in the but, country but I'm gonna, this year. I'm going to say this, Silio, and I, I, I heard all the rumors and all that other old crazy stuff, too. And I don't care where you are or what you're doing when you're a head coach on a college football level, even in the pros, even in high school, there's going to be some type of rumor. But the one rumor that I did hear that registers with me is that $7.5 million that Texas A&M want to pay Jimbo Fisher. Now that's, oh, that's real. All, all that other stuff. And again, I think, you know, hey, you might, there might be problems in somebody's marriage. I mean, who knows? Urban Meyer might have had problems with his marriage. But I tell you what, when you start talking about four, five, six, seven million, the problems go away, go away 
Real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you fix your problems. You can erase a problem with seven and a half million bucks. Oh, no, yeah. listen, I think that, and you know what? It would not shock me to see him uh, pick up and go and leave and go and take that job. I mean, look, it's a boatload of money. You may never be offered something like that again. Not that he's starving in Tallahassee. Man, that's a big, giant number. And look at what he has to go through at Florida State. When have you ever seen Jimbo Fisher have to lash back at a fan in the stands? The one game, the people were talking about, oh, fire Jimbo, fire Jimbo. And he had actually, he responded. That's not Jimbo Fisher. That's not his personality. But after a while, you get to a point like, man, why am I, Why do I have to deal with this when I can go over here and take that seven and a half? If I'm going to deal with it, pay me. Well, I'm going to say this, though. I, I think, okay, yeah, the, 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 the contract is real. They, they put the seven and a half million up. But talking to some of the FSU alumni and looking at the situation, I'm going to tell you what, the, what, what it really is boiling down to. We're, you know, even though Florida State and Miami has a rivalry, we're on opposite ends of the state. And even though we're in the same conference, we're in, we're in different divisions. The problem right now that Jimbo, I think, feels is the two main rivals he has, Florida and Clemson, have upgraded their facilities. So he's basically been on the school, even though they have nice facilities. When Clemson makes a move, he feels like Florida State needs to make a move to stay even with Clemson and vice versa with Florida. And they've been reluctant to, 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 to commit who upgrading, and I think what he's really doing, and I and I use this analogy on a, on a, when we take the podcast this morning is he's using like A and M is that girl who wants to go to the prom with you, but you got a girl, but then y'all break up right before the prom, and you tell her, hey, I'm gonna go to the prom with you, so she go get the big dress and the corsage, and her parents take the picture, but all you really want to do is make your girlfriend jealous. And so that night, she's standing out there waiting for you to come with the limo, but you go to the prom with your, your girlfriend. And that's what I think is going to happen. He's going to use A&M to get Florida State to commit to those facilities because Florida State doesn't have another option. They have to keep them. There's nobody out there. That's right. And, and, well, and you know well, what I do? You I'll say that, Kevin. I'll go, I'll go down this line here. If, Florida, if that guy, if Florida State is stupid and they lose that guy, with all the issues that UM had gone through with that fake probation and all that stuff, that stupid Yahoo story, do you know the connections that Florida State loses with Woodrow Wilson and Palmetto High and all their places? I love it. They would be the biggest disaster on the planet if they allow that guy to walk out of there because whoever you bring back in there – it's not going to have the connections into Dade and Broward that this guy okay. has built up there, man, because they've built some great well, well, connections. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, There is one person. There is one person. Hold on, Kel. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the deal. And again, we're going to talk about this briefly, take a break, then we're going to come back and finish this conversation. And here is my prediction, because there's a couple of names that have come up that have surfaced since they've been talking about Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A&M or leaving Florida State. All right, and you're absolutely right. The turnover chain, Manny Diaz, Mark Rick, those guys down there, hey, right now, they're recruiting everybody in the doggone state, all the five stars, everybody wants to go to the University of Miami. You gotta put, you gotta put a yellow, hey, some, you, gotta, you gotta put a wedge in there some kind of way and slow that down. Because if you don't, man, you, you Florida State and Florida, uh, going to be behind the eight ball for the next seven, eight years. But there's, there's one name. guy. 
the one name that has come up that has surfaced about the Florida State job is Charlie Strong. Yes. If Charlie, if Jimbo Fisher leaves, Charlie Strong, David threw out the name Willie Taggart. Charlie Strong has enough, if not more, connections in the state of Florida to make sure that they get what they want in recruiting. Now, hey, we're going to take a break. I'm going to tell you one thing, Hurley. Hurley, let Uh me say this to you, though, about that hire and why he didn't get the Gator job, though. And you guys know this as well as I do. And this was an issue that was brought up that you guys know on why he was not considered for that Gator job. You think you're going to walk into Florida and South Florida, and you think you're going to walk into a room there and a single black mom, and all of a sudden there's going to be angst with the fact that he's married to a white girl? And let me tell you this, man. I'm just saying old school to you here. One of the reasons that the Gators did not look at him as the head coach there was because many of the kids that get recruited in this state are, are single-parent homes. And yep. many of them are the black kids. And you know what? You think you're going to walk into that room there knowing that? Some of them aren't going to care. Some are going to care. And that was one of the reasons why he was never considered in Florida for that. Is it right? Absolutely not. But yep. just like we just talked with Greg Ciano. Okay, making stuff up so that you don't get a guy to get a gig. That's going to be conversation that's going to get floated out. Now, do I think Tallahassee fan is a lot better than Gator fan? And they're not going to go off the deep end like that because they know he's a good quality man. And Strong is a good quality man. I love the guy. He's perfect for that job. But I'm just floating that out there. That was one of the reasons why they never considered him for that Gator gig. Right. Hey, guys, we got to take a break. Let us take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish this conversation as to why Charlie Strong was never. Kevin, we got to go. We got to take a break. We'll we'll get that when we get back. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll finish this conversation to get down with Hurley Brown, Dan Cilio, and Kelvin Harris. Taking a break. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we're back. Yes, we are back. We've been talking about this coaching carousel. We've been talking about Florida, Florida State, the University of Miami. But hey, and again, Kelvin... Um, Dan Cilio, we got to find Kelvin a girlfriend because every time things start to get a little tense on this show, Kevin, Kelvin has a chance of, of, of man, Kevin just has a tendency of reverting back to some type of girl or some date and all that old craziness. So, Kevin, we got to get you a girlfriend. But anyway, hey, hey, but this coaching carousel is crazy. I mean, let's just look at all the teams. Let's just look at all the teams that have new coaches that are going to have new coaches. Start off, Arizona State. University yep. of Arkansas, University yep. of Florida, just landed Dan Mullen. And I will say this, I appreciate the way that they brought him in. Cilio, they brought that rascal down here on the private jet, him and his entire family, and they met him at the airport, the media, the whole nine yards. That, 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 that's the way you do things, all right, especially when you're a Power Five conference or when you have the resources that University of Florida has. Ole Miss, they just well, named – early, early. Hurley, yep. I don't really talk about them dudes in Gainesville. The only thing they have in Gainesville is a is a gator farm. So that's all good and stuff, man. So, hey, them dudes up there, man, they got the pretty scoreboards. They got the nice facilities. I'm just like whooping them dudes, man. But you're right. Yeah. Hey, look, Dan Mullen was going to be a better hire than what Chip Kelly was. Chip Kelly's a West Coast guy. And when you guys notice, when you coach in the state of Florida, man, you can't go to Piggly Wiggly. Without someone busting your stones about, oh, no man, doubt. why no you doubt. not running halfback options? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Why ain't you recruiting this guy? When you're out in California and you're at UCLA, you're not going to get that kind of pressure. But when you're in the state of Florida, hey, man, everyone wants to know what the latest is, who you're recruiting, what quarterback you're bringing in. And that's a 24-7 thing. You know, when people, man, are going to be in your face and in your ear all the time when, you know, you have one of those jobs. So I thought it was a perfect hire. Mullen knows the system, and he gets it. Won a national championship as a coordinator there. So I do think it was a perfect hire. Oh, no doubt. I, I do, too. Again. And so now you got yeah. Ole Miss, just named Matt Luke, the interim head coach, just named him the, well, the, the head coach. All right. Yeah, but Hurley, Mississippi I'm State. Gonna say, I'm going to say something about that Mississippi job. The fact that they they gave that job to Matt Luke, and I thought he did a good job, that lets me know that they know they're finna get that hammer put down on them. And if you think about it, it saves them a lot of money because they just up his salary and give the coaches a little bit of more money. They don't have to do any buyouts. They don't have to bring in a whole other you know, group of uh, uh, coaches and pay their salaries. They have a guy that the, that the players like, and he can help them through the probation because they're going to get it on the chance. They're going to take a straight blow to the mouth. And they're going to be irrelevant for about three years. The perfect hire. The perfect. You're getting away with paying a guy three million dollars a year in the SEC. And again, 
you're probably going to lose some bowl games and you're going to have to go through some type of sanctions. So you're absolutely right. right. Matt Luke was the perfect hire at the University of Mississippi. Now, with him leaving or with him being hired, Dan Mullen leaves Mississippi State wide open. Who gets Mississippi State job? Well, they've been talking about um, one big name that's been coming up is um, Pruitt. He interviewed for the job. And then uh, another name that the, uh, the, the, the Jackson the Clarion came up with was Mike Bobo and also Brent Venables. Um, so yeah, he's the two names that I like. coach at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Mike Bobo. That's a good hire. I, I got to think, think Randy's got to – his name's got to be somewhere in the conversation. It's got to be somewhere in the conversation. I got to think Randy Shannon's got to be somewhere where a job for him, he's sad enough – he, he ain't crow at this Florida thing here. I mean, look, Jim McElvain, I never thought was a good hire. They hired some dude from out of the area, didn't know recruiting, and it showed in his games, and it showed in his lack of offense. That guy was supposed to be some offensive guru. He brought nothing. He brought zero talent. And the number one thing you have to do in the state of Florida is, hey, man, just like Saban knows, you don't have to get the big-time quarterback. He doesn't win with quarterbacks. He wins with defensive line, and he wins with O-line, and it fills in the blanks. Name me a quarterback in Tuscaloosa or in that program in the last 10 years that you went, wow, that guy was some football player. They don't win like that. He got the secret sauce. You don't need these seven-step guys. You need dominating guys up front. You need man coverage guys that know how to do man coverage. One of the things that helped LSU win all those football games, look at all the DBs that are in the National Football League that came out of the secondary in Baton Rouge. They won with great defense, running the ball, and, and being line. effective on third and short. And great defensive linemen. And great defensive line. That's right. All right, man. so let's, let's continue on this list now because we can talk about this all day long, but we don't have a whole lot of time. University of Nebraska, I'm penciling in That's Scott well. Frost. I don't think, yeah, I don't even think we have to argue about that one. Oregon State, Bo Baldwin just got the job. Okay, hey, congratulations, Bo. I hope you keep my guy, Corey hire. Hall. That's Corey Hall is, one, is my nephew. It's good hire, okay? Rice University, who knows? The University of Tennessee. We talked about it briefly. And, Kevin, we talked about the names. Cilio, Lane Kiffin has been mentioned, okay? Mike um, Kevin Steele, Mike Gundy. From Oklahoma State. T. Martin. T. Martin. You know, T. Martin and I got sources close to me that says that T. Martin wants the Arizona State job. All right? Ooh, so, again, yeah, University. They, listen, they may over. I talked to T. a couple days ago. And, look, man, that guy is some, he is some guy, and he's a quality guy, and they love him. And I know Peyton Manning has reached out. I mean, they, like you said, Peyton Manning reached out to David Cutcliffe. And David Cutcliffe said he's not interested in the gig. T. Martin now, you may have to overpay for that guy to go in there because they want Tennessee blood in that place, man. They want somebody that understands the culture, the people, who can have, like this too, T. Martin's going to get kids opening up the phone uh, and, and picking the phone up and talking oh, no to those doubt. dudes. No doubt. I don't know if you bring a dude that doesn't know. If you bring well, a guy in there that doesn't know the system, that doesn't know the culture, you're never going to get phones being picked up, man. Exactly. Well, I think exactly. even you're absolutely that, right. Think, and that's no so different think, than, you know, again, a guy like Mark Rick going back to the University of Miami. I'm going to throw another name out, okay. to, out there to, for the University of Tennessee job. Casey Rogers, who's a defensive coordinator right now with the New York Jets. Casey, Ooh. 
would be a great hire for the University of Tennessee. He played at the University of Tennessee. He bleeds orange. He's a volunteer. I mean, he he understands what it's going to take in order for them to get that program to where, where it needs to be. All right? Now, I, think, I, get, I dig it. So, Texas a and I, I think it right. would be a good hire, but from what I'm – what I heard today on a couple of programs, um, a lot of people are starting to push Kevin Steele because he's a Tennessee uh, alumni as well, and they say that oh. the only reason why he doesn't have a job is because he took the Baylor job and it didn't go well. Right. But uh, Arizona State, though, uh, are you saying T. Martin? Uh, from what I understand, uh, they're looking at Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, they well, we, we got to keep rolling. We got we ain't got that much time left, so Arizona State long ways away from here. Chip Kelly. UCLA, good luck, Chip. All right. <laughs> now, in the event that Jimbo Fisher leaves to go to Texas A&M, FSU will be open. In the event that Scott Frost leaves the University of Central Florida to go to Nebraska, UCF will be open. Now, Dan, I'm going to throw that name out there to you. You just said it. Randy Shannon's got to be up for one of these jobs. That would be a perfect job for Randy Shannon, University of Central Florida. All right. I agree. University of South Florida. It would be be a phenomenal job. And listen, I always thought Randy was a teammate of mine, and I always thought that Randy just got jobbed through that whole thing with Yahoo and that ridiculous made-up story and stupid things that were said about the floating probation, which never happened, but yet we were basically under. That guy graduated kids. He's got a great system. And I'll tell you this, too. He's a frightening guy to me, and here's why. As you guys know, that dude's got pipelines into every single one of those areas down in South Florida, into them high schools. And that dude knows all them dudes, man. And when I played at the U, I didn't realize how much he knew all them guys. But everywhere we went, Liberty City, Overtown, no matter where it was, whatever we were doing, that dude knew everybody knew Randy Shannon back in the day. The family was well-known down there. And I'll tell you, Rand, this, Randy Shannon is that guy in South well. Florida. We all agree. But, again, there's a chance that, that, that it may happen. University of South Florida, if Charlie Strong leaves, Randy Shannon should be mentioned in some of these jobs somewhere. Now, guys, that's been our show for today. Man, Celio, I can't thank you enough for joining us and being a part of this conversation. Man, you come back anytime you're ready to get down with Hurley Brown. You guys are my brothers and you know this and know this, man. Anytime that you guys need me, you know, I don't do these things that much, but I'll tell you what, for my blood brothers, and that's what it is, man. It's blood brothers, man. And I don't give us yeah, what brother. anyone says. When what the cane, always the cane, man. I always love you guys. Cane. D for L. Yeah. Hey, that's our show for today. Family, we'll be back next week. Next week, I'm interviewing the starting left tackle for the New York Giants, Eric Flowers. We'll catch you next week, and we're going to continue with this coaching carousel because I know there's going to be a whole lot of other stuff going on between now and then. But we're going to bring you that news next week. football final rankings, too. Exactly. Oh, we forgot all about that. I couldn't get to it, but we'll get to it next week, especially after the ACC championship game. But that's our show for today. You've been with the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Same Get Down time, same Get Down channel. Dan Cilio, my main man, came for life, my brother. We'll catch you next time. You bet, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. 
The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.